0: We got what's Rev Kev over here. Yeah, yeah, Come yeah, on, let's go. Woo, let's go, let's go. Come on, boys. So, Metro, we're gonna be doing a little workout tonight. I got the boys together, I got the staff together. And uh, we're here at Anytime Fitness. This is my longtime friend, Mr. Mike O'Neill, and uh, Mike's been taking a lot of lessons from me, it's right. true. And uh, <laughs> uh, but we're gonna be uh, we're gonna be doing a little training tonight. Oh, and so Mike, you're it. gonna you're gonna lead us into this, uh, right? I can't wait, let's okay, go. Let's do it. Welcome. All right, boys, it's go time, let's hit it. Jay, you are gonna get changed? Yeah, right now, man, All I'm right behind you guys. It's gonna be great. Hey, uh, I don't know if you follow the world of baseball, but when the guy who throws out the first pitch is the same as the guy who throws out the last pitch, it's called a complete game. Same pitcher from beginning to end. And nowadays in the world of baseball, it is really rare when this happens. As a matter of fact, just take a guess at, at what the record is for consecutive complete games. Just take take a guess. The answer is just four, four complete games in a row. Roy Holiday, just a couple other guys have done it, but it almost never happens anymore. But if you were to go back 100 years ago, when, when baseball was sort of in its infancy, from the year 1900 until 1910, the first 10 years of the last century, guess what the record is for the most complete games? Just take a guess. 187 consecutive games in a row. 187, that's crazy, right? A guy named Jack Taylor threw 187 consecutive complete games in a row. Back in those days when the coach handed a guy a ball, he was expected to complete what he started. Nowadays, guys aren't expected to complete what they start. And all the ladies in the house say, Amen, right? Uh, It's true, we live in a different day. We pay guys $20 million a year and we don't expect them to complete what they start. As a matter of fact, in the world of baseball, they've come up with a brand new statistic a few years back. Uh, When a guy completes not nine innings, not eight innings, not seven, but when they just complete six complete innings and, and get less than three earned runs against them, get this, they call that a quality start. And the coach just comes out and says, hey, great job, it's a quality start you made it two-thirds of the way. That's awesome, right? It's true, right? Here's your $20 million. We don't expect you to finish. Way to give it a good old college try. Uh, we got a relief pitcher for you, right? That's what we do now. We, we don't expect people to, to finish what they start. There's not too many other areas of life where this flies. It's not like your 10th grader can come up to you and go, Hey mom, listen, I made it through the 10th grade. It's getting a little bit tough out there. I quit. It's not like the mom is going to go, You know what, son, you've worked so hard and don't worry about it. You can go ahead and quit. We'll have your sister finish it up, right? It doesn't work that way in real life. Uh, And it's sort of like when you go to work, it's not like you can uh, work through noon and then go up to your boss and say, Hey boss, listen, man, uh, this whole work thing is actually work and and it's tough and and I'm just hoping you can find somebody else to finish the job, right? And, And it's not like you can take off after lunch or anytime you want and still have a job. You are expected to finish what you start in life. I mean, there might be some areas in life where this would really be beneficial. Like, you know, let's say you and your husband aren't really getting along and and he's not finishing the job, if you know what I mean, and and not really stepping it up. And it's not like you can go, hey, honey, listen, this day has been so stressful. This whole marriage has been so stressful. I think I'm just gonna, you know, kind of call in a relief I'm going to call in a relief husband. You don't do that, right? It's not how life works. Or, I mean, it might be nice, like you come into a place like this and, and you're listening to a guy like me and, uh, and I'm trying and I'm just throwing it out there the best that I can. But it's not like you can, you know, say, hey, listen, Pastor Jay, you're just not cutting it today. Uh, we're going to bring in a relief, not pitcher, but we're going to bring in a relief preacher, right? You don't do that. Life, life doesn't work that way. You are expected to finish what you start. All right, fellas, i want full range of motion. I want a full pump, I want you to squeeze on top. Come on, let's make this happen. Get it, get it, get it, squeeze. Life isn't just about quality starts, it's about finishing well. H- have you ever began something and then you just quit? You know, you started something but you didn't finish it? Uh, maybe you began to get an education and then it just became really hard and so you bailed out on it. Or-, or maybe you started into dance lessons or music lessons or just trying to develop some sort of talent and it just became really, really difficult and, and so you stopped. And now you're looking back on why didn't I finish? finish. Or maybe it's something different, like you started to volunteer somewhere and you thought it was going to be great, but it was a lot harder than you thought. Or maybe you maybe you, you switched careers and you thought this was really going to be your next step in life, but as soon as you got into it, it wasn't what you thought. It was a little bit harder than you dreamed. Or or maybe it, it was like you decided that you were going to do something about your budget and you're going to live on a budget. Or maybe you were going to start a diet plan or an exercise plan. Or, or it was just something to better your life, something to move your life forward. But it just got got hard, and, and it was it was difficult, and so you quit. The truth is, all of us have had quality starts, but very few of us finish well. And isn't the point to finish well? Isn't that something that we all want out of life? This ain't working out, bro! I'm not even seeing any sweat! Come on, boy. Come on! What are you doing? Go! We've been talking about this idea of living a virtuous life, a life of virtue, a life guided by character, having the kind of character that reflects the nature and person of God, this virtuous life, right? Uh, Some people would even say it's about having a sense of godliness about you. BJ, yeah, you coming or not? Yeah, I'm coming. I just got to take my jacket off and get things pumped up around here. Well, the thing about... Character and the transformation of our character is that the transformation of our character depends far more on Revolution than it is reformation it takes more than just thinking about something it takes more than hearing a sermon or reading a book or Wanting to change to actually change the truth is is that our character is Transformed and it's forged through the battles that we fight and through the garbage that we wade through in life Far more than the beliefs that we hold the truth is is that our, our character and the godliness that God wants to produce inside of us comes out of the crisis of our life far more than the classroom of life. Writer and Pastor Erman McManus says it like this, that character is this hero asleep within you waiting to be awakened. With each victory, with each movement of your life, you're becoming something different. You can look back and realize that you're not the same person that began this journey. The necks and the bruises and the setbacks and the disappointments, the hurts of life, they form you and they develop the character that God wants you to have, they force you to change into the person that God wants you to become. This is why this virtue called perseverance is so, so important and must not be forgotten. Perseverance is inseparably linked to our character development, and God's desire for us is to be faithful. Perseverance is this ability to be faithful for the duration. Perseverance is this idea that no matter the cost, no matter the call, no matter the commitment, you will be faithful. And listen, 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 it's way more than that. Perseverance is this ability to be full of faith during the struggle to be faithful. So let's talk about this virtue that must not be forgotten called perseverance because there is a process that God wants to take us through to become all that we are to become. Hey, Pastor Jay, aren't you going to come join us? Yeah, don't you have something to do? Yeah. Yeah. So here's the key thought. If you miss everything else, you can't miss this. Uh, Even if you get tempted to call in a relief preacher to finish this whole deal off, let this one thought be zeroed and cemented into your mind. Uh, there, there is this writer in the New Testament part of the Bible. His name is Paul. and uh, This man struggled through so much and, and yet remained faithful. And he was speaking to this church gathered in the city of Philippi. And there, it's called the Philippian church. And, and, and it's this group of young Christians trying to figure out how to be faithful in this faithless world. And here is what Paul writes to them, encouraging them to figure out how to persevere. Listen to this. It says, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it out unto completion until the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, I, I want you to think about what he says here. He says, be confident of this, that God who began this good work in you. You notice that he doesn't say, you know, you carry on what you started. Good luck to you. That's not it at all. God takes you out of the picture and he says, listen, God is doing the work. God is doing the motion. God is at work in you. Notice what it says. It says, he who began. Why don't you turn to your neighbor and say that? He who began. Say it with me. See, it doesn't say he who is going to begin or he who hopes to start something or maybe He'll get around to beginning something inside of you. It says, no, He who began a work in you will carry it on. And this means something in plain English. This means God ain't finished with you. You ain't finished yet. That's what it means. This means that you are a work in progress. This means that you will not get to know the end of the story. This means that you will fall short. This means that you will have to endure failure in life. This means that you're gonna have to go through heartbreak and letdown and disappointment. This means that you are gonna have to learn to be patient. And let me tell you something, we are not patient people. We want everything right now. We live in a totally different world where it is like this microwave, FedEx, uh, overnight delivery, on demand, stream it now kind of a world that we live in. The internet has absolutely sped up our life. I get frustrated when I got to wait for a download on my phone. It's crazy how fast our world is. As a matter of fact, the, you know, this waiting game is very difficult on us. And and science has now come up with the newest, fastest measurement of time. It is not a second. It's not a nanosecond. It's not a millisecond. It's a honkosecond. You know what a honkosecond is? It is the time measured between when the light turns green and the guy behind you honks his horn, right? It's just the world we live in. I don't know. have you heard the story about uh, the, the lady who was having car problems uh, and the light turns green and her car stalls on her and the guy behind is just laying on the horn, laying on the horn, laying on the horn and she's trying to get the car started and finally she gets so frustrated that she gets out of her car, walks back to the guy who's honking and honking and honking at her and basically says, hey listen, why don't you go try to start my car and I'll sit here and honk at you, right? Uh, that is the world that we live in. And God wants to do something inside of us despite all of this pressure to hurry it through. He wants to use this thing called persevering through our problems. This thing called perseverance, this virtue that should not be forgotten. So here's the secret of perseverance, and this is so good. I love this. I don't know who originally said it, uh, but it goes… Hey, we are absolutely killed. Are you going to work out or not? Dude, I have been killing it. You just haven't seen it. We're, we're done. All right, it takes a little time to mentally get ready for this kind of thing. So there is this secret of perseverance. Who you become while you're waiting is as important as what you are waiting for. Uh, Who you are when you're enduring the hard stuff is as important as the hard stuff itself because God is interested in the development of our character. God is interested in the work within us, inside of us. God is interested in developing us into somebody new, dare I even say somebody better. So this virtue of perseverance, must not be forgotten. It is so important. So I want you to hear this. This idea of character development is really a two-part deal. It is God's work in you, and then you working as hard as you can to become the person you're supposed to be. And to some people, they're like, whoa, whoa, I thought it was all God. It is all God. But God is at work in you, and you need to respond to that work. You need to do all that you can do to become all that God wants you to become. So it's a two-part deal. It's God at work and you at work. So character is the result of divine activity and human responsibility. The two come in together. You know, people go, well, uh, I'm I'm trying to, to, you know, get in shape. But if you never, ever move your body, you won't get in shape. There is a human responsibility. You can go, well, God, I've been praying about this all day long. You know, God, I want to get out of debt, but unless you do something different with your money, you will never get out of debt. God wants to do, and I promise you this, God will do what you cannot do for yourself. But you have to do stuff for yourself. You have to respond to God's divine initiative, to God's work with your work. they, They go together. As a matter of fact, here's what the scripture says. Listen to this, it says make every effort to be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. Not sure if you caught this, but it says you and me, we need to make every effort to be holy. And what is holy? It means virtually different. It means to be like God. It says we must make every effort to grow our faith, to grow our spirit, to grow our our character. We must do what we can do. Um, So we must make every effort to be holy as God is holy. Perseverance is this link to developing all other virtues. Perseverance is at the heart of everything that we're going to talk about in this entire series. As a matter of fact, there's an old saying that goes like this, Perseverance is the link to character, but faith is the link to perseverance. It takes faith to to keep persevering, to keep moving forward. It takes trust in God to keep moving forward. So, friends, trust God when it doesn't make sense. Trust God when you feel like giving up. Trust God for something more and something greater. As a matter of fact, Paul uh, once was struggling so deep in his own life where, where he was trying to figure out how does faith meet real life and why is it so difficult, and God reminded him, of what we're supposed to be looking toward and who we're supposed to be becoming. And and this is what he says in the Scriptures. Listen to this. He says, Our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us a glory, an eternal glory that far outweighs them all the reward of being faithful far outweighs the junk of this world that that wants to pull us down. Our job is to trust God and then to hold on for dear life. Because why? Because we know that God is at work. God is at work in the middle of the hard things. God has called us to this thing called perseverance. It is a virtue that should not be forgotten. Uh, You know some of the greatest achievers in this world have achieved incredible things through unbelievable difficulties and trials and setbacks in life. They persevered, they figured out how to stick with it. Uh, For example, in 1905, the University of Berlin uh, failed a young PhD's dissertation paper because they said it was irrelevant and fanciful. That young PhD student was Albert Einstein. Can you believe that? Then back in 1894, a high school teacher wrote on a young 16-year-old's report card to his parents that, quote, he would become a conspicuous lack of success. That 16-year-old kid was Winston Churchill. And if you know anything about history, you would know that Churchill went on to be one of England's greatest prime ministers. And not only that, he helped secure victory over Germany during World War II. The man helped defeat the Nazi empire for crying out loud. Uh, And then in in 1989, uh, there was this young author and he wrote his first novel and he was so excited about it but he was rejected by dozens and dozens and dozens of publishing companies he had literally 16 uh, writers agents or literary agents are called reject him and then when he finally landed his first publishing deal uh, he they, they said that they were only going to print 5,000 books on the first run because they thought there was no marketability for John Grisham's A Time to Kill and I don't know if you've ever Read a book by Grisham or seen a movie written by the guy. uh, The guy can write. The guy is good, and he had to persevere to fight through it. And I heard about this national sales manager who was giving a speech trying to motivate his huge sales force, you know, to sell more cars or whatever they were selling. And this guy was just, you know, working his salesman up into like a frenzy. He was, you know, pumping it hard. He was talking about prophets, and we need to be the best in the world. we got to be the greatest, the first, the whole nine yards. And and then he gets to the end of his speech, and he's trying to motivate them onto success, and he starts saying things like, did George Washington quit in his quest for freedom against the royal armies of Great Britain? And the crowd was like, no! And they're, you know, big collective yell. And, and then he said, did Abraham Lincoln quit in his desire to free the slaves and reunite the Union? And they all go, no! And then it was, did Henry... Ford quit in his dream to put an automobile in the driveway of every American. And they're like, no, did Orville and Wilbur Wright quit? No, did Thomas Edison quit? No, and they were like really rocking it. They were getting into it. Did Babe Ruth quit? No, and then all of a sudden he says, did Frank Herkimer quit? And the crowd was like, Frank who? And then the guy goes, that's my point, he quit. You see, friends, when we persevere under pressure, great things can happen in life. And listen, friends, the great things of God come out when we persevere in the smallest things and in the hardest things. It's the little things that we fight through that make the great things possible. Often the unmistakable work of God in our life uh, is missed because we quit. Too soon. Perseverance is often the only thing that separates failure and success, whether it be in business, in marriage, in friendship, in achieving our hopes and our dreams and desires for our lives. Perseverance is the only thing that often separates seeing God at work in your life and God nowhere to be found. If God's desire is to change us, then there is this human side of divine change. The virtue of perseverance should not be forgotten. Here's how the scripture says it, in the book of James it begins to talk about the struggles of life, the trials of life, and how God wants to do something amazing. Here's how it begins, in the first chapter of James it says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds because you know that the testing of your faith develops, what is this word? Perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking in anything. Friends, I want you to see something here. There are two dimensions of perseverance. In the scriptures, the same Greek word for perseverance is sometimes translated as endurance or even as patience. They are linked, but they're different. When we hold out for the good of our perseverance, it's expressed as patience. When we have the hope that that something good or, or something better is just around the corner, our perseverance is expressed as patience. But when we hold on to the good, when we have to fight through something, when we have to hold on to our faith, Our perseverance is expressed as endurance, but both are designed to birth something inside of us. Both patience and endurance are are designed to to change us, to to mature us. God longs to produce this thing called maturity inside of us. Maturity is character. Maturity is godliness. And, And I want us to see something. This is so important. Between the trials of life and the end result of maturity is this thing called perseverance. It's in the middle. Perseverance is the catalyst through which God acts. Here's the learning for us. Whenever God places us in circumstances where perseverance is critical, He's trying to birth something in us. Whenever God places us in circumstances that require perseverance, listen to me, God is birthing something in us. I want to warn you about something though. Great suffering can often and does often accompany a life fully devoted to God. Uh, if you've listened to a bunch of TV preachers with really big hair and really nice smiles and really, really white teeth, you would think just the opposite. You would think that if you give your life to God, God will make you healthy, wealthy and wise and give you really big hair and really nice smiles and really, really white teeth. But friends, listen, the truth is, is that, is that the Scripture teaches us to to get this called perseverance down deep in our soul to teach it to our kids to make sure uh, that we are prepared for the rough side of life because listen, life is is filled with suffering. It just comes from living. It's, it's part of every single one of our experiences. Here are some words that come from a man who I think was probably one of the most fully devoted followers of, ever of Jesus. Um, he uttered these words near the very end of his life. It's found in the book of Acts, chapter 20, uh, starting at verse 22, and he says this. And now, compelled by the Spirit, I am going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. I only know that in every city the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. If only I may finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given to me, the task of testifying to the gospel of God's grace." Listen to this. He goes on to say that he knows that he will never, ever, ever see his friends again, that he knows that death is awaiting him. Friends, let me ask, does that sound like a life filled with new cars and big houses and big hair and really uh, great smiles and really, really white teeth? I don't think so at all, friends. Friends, I I think the truth is is that suffering is par for the course. It's part of life. Paul considered it all joy, didn't he? And joy and suffering are bound together, just like hope and endurance is bound together. But, But the link here, the perseverance that produces the work of God in us is when we hold on, when we resolve to wait on God, to be patient, to trust God, when we commit to endure unto the end. It's when God brings us through a process and we hold on for dear life. Uh, This pastor, Erwin McManus, he says it like this, trials are not the source of our joy, but trials are our greatest opportunities to experience joy. The catalyst, the, the link to our spiritual maturity, the link to go from where we are today to where God wants us to be is this thing called perseverance. It's perseverance through hard times. And that's really encouraging, isn't it, right? If the end game is that God wants to grow up, It sounds to me like God's gonna drag us through some mud, right, that God's gonna drag us through some hard times whether we like it or not. And you're like, oh, that sounds great, Pastor Jay, wonderful. It is wonderful because God wants to do something in us that only can occur through hard times. Friends, I wanna wanna say it like this, the only way that we are ever going to have real faith. The kind of faith that is legit is when our faith is tested. Here's what it says in verse 4. Listen carefully. It says, Perseverance must finish its work so that you might be mature and complete, not lacking in anything. Friends, if we ever want to get to the point where we lack nothing, then we must learn to trust God with everything. And the only way to learn to trust God with everything is to develop this, this virtue called perseverance. But well, Paul goes on to say it this way, this is quite a compelling verse, he says this, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. He says, I didn't back down, I didn't give up, I didn't let up, I kept mo- moving forward, I didn't shrink back. When it was hard, I kept going, I held on to this thing called faith, and listen to this, it produced something for him, and here's what he says next, listen to this. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but to all of those who have longed for his appearance. Perseverance is at the heart of our relationship with God. It's a virtue that should not be forgotten because it's not only, in perseverance, it's it's not only what we're waiting for, it's how we wait. And friends, one day, the waiting will produce something that you want for you, and I want for me. It'll produce the kind of life that God wants. Well, it looks like the boys cut out early, so I guess I'm just gonna cut out a little early, huh?